Hey everyone, welcome to the third episode of Get Cut. I am your host and storyteller Kairav Shah. I guess most of you or actually all of you might have already guessed the care cut for this episode from just three words on the episode poster. Just do it. Well, you guessed it right. It's Nike. Nike is valued more than one thirty billion dollars as of June two thousand nineteen. Nike is also one of the most valued brand on the planet. Now, before I get any questions like why cover Nike, what's so special about Nike? Why not cover Adidas, Puma? Well, in fact, Puma and Adidas were actually founded way before Nike. First of all, I don't have any personal bias, and I don't dislike Puma or Adidas. They are good companies and brands too. Let me first put that on the table. <laughs> But there is a very specific reason which separates Nike from all other brands, and why I'm most fascinated by Nike's story in general. Let me ask you a simple question: What business Puma and Adidas are in? Sports shoes. Athletic wear, that's right. Now, what business Nike is in? Same? Nope. Nike is not in the business of sportswear and athletic wear. Nike is basically altogether in a different business. Well, they do sell sportswear and athletic wear, but they are not in that business. Absurd, right? Doesn't sound right. To understand what business Nike actually is in and how a company like Nike became one of the most valued brand on the planet. We got to do what we do in every episode of Kekat. We're gonna move a little back in the timeline. Year 1962, year of pop music, the year when Beatles sang their first single, the year when the world got the first polio vaccination. 1962 is also called the year of big box, the year of the rise of retailers. America got few of the first finest retailers that very year. Walmart was founded in 1962. They opened their first store. Even Target was founded in 1962. That very year, a distance runner, Phil Knight from Stanford University, in one of his business class, wrote a paper on the dominance of Japanese cameras in Germany and can they do the same with sports shoes. At that time, Germany was leading in sports shoes. Japan showed huge potential and were marching forward with various inventions. By the way, note that this was 1962. There were no athletic wear in general. The sports shoes were only made and were worn by athletes. Phil Knight got so hooked while writing this paper that he thought, "Why not bring sports shoes from Japan to America himself?" To fulfill his dream of bringing sports shoes home, he went to Tokyo in Japan. Stayed there for a while, met with multiple sports shoes brand there. But there was one brand that in the city of Kobe in Japan that caught his eye. The name of the company was Onitsuka Tiger. They were premium, high-quality sports shoes company. By the way, this was all an impromptu plan of Phil Knight. He had no business plan, no company name. He just went out there. So when Onitsuka Tiger asked him about his company name, Phil frantically came up with Blue Ribbon Sports. Based on the blue ribbons he passes through after every race, the presentation went well, and he ended up signing a deal with Onitsuka Tiger to bring Tiger Shoes, one of the highest-selling shoes of Onitsuka Tigers, to America. But there was a problem. Phil surely did know about business, but he knew nothing about running shoes. So he went to the most experienced person in his sense, 
who knew all about sports shoes bill bowman bill bowman was phil knight's running coach at oregon state university he was a renowned figure in distance running sport and had trained quite a few winning athletes now bill bowman was a genius he knew all about tracks and sports shoes well without bill we wouldn't have sports shoes on our feet basically for regular people without bill there would be no nike no just do it the slogan we are all familiar with without bill we wouldn't have jogging yes bill basically invented jogging even today people say that while phil was handling the business side actual innovation in nike came from bill and even phil knights have said that if it weren't for bill there would be no nike at all in 1964 the then co-founders of blue ribbon sports bill and phil got their first shipment from japan and guess what they were sold out by july that very year in the first year they did 8000 dollars of shoes by the way this was 1964 so 8000 bucks were a lot back then with that money bill hired people sales people and he trained them his knowledge of shoes came pretty handy here in 1966 they did 20000 dollars in revenue in 1969 they sold 300000 dollars worth of shoes pretty insane for a baby company right the company onitsuka tiger from where they were sourcing shoes from couldn't keep up with the demand because they were first satisfying the japanese demand and the leftovers were coming to the states bill and phil decided to do something about this they decided to part ways with onitsuka tigers the japanese company they were working with and start their own company over the years their knowledge about shoes and sports industry grew immensely they had all the cards in place which became the foundation for nike blue ribbon sports was then rebranded as nike in 1989 bill came up with the marketing campaign just do it the swoosh logo which you see in each and every nike product came into existence they came up with their own design of new sports shoes opened the market for not only athletes but also regular customers in states then came jogging set on fundamentals of bill bowman and nike officially entered the sportswear industry but we still haven't answered the question right what worked for nike that it surpassed puma and adidas what was different in nike that separated it from other brands well the answer lies in the question which we first asked ourselves in the beginning of this episode which business nike is really in well nike isn't in the business of sports and athletic wear nike is in the business of people people who inspire people who push themselves to the limit nike is in the business of stories inspired by the people they may be athletes they may be change makers they may be whistle blowers nike celebrates people who inspire okay but what does that mean well have you seen nike commercials all the nike commercials don't talk about nike products at all all the nike productions have stories about athletes who inspired the world who inspired people few of the examples of the commercial involve a fat tennis player a short heighted japanese volleyball player people of color representing sports like basketball and even golf these are not just random jargons we all have seen these ads tiger woods man of color was signed by nike at the age of 20 even before he went pro the basketball player michael jordan was signed by nike well the famous air jordans 
which you see people waiting in line for. You must have definitely seen the classic Nike ad with Ronaldo and Messi in it. Have you ever seen Nike talk about Nike or their products in any of these commercials? No, right? They talk about people, stories that inspire other people. People don't wait in line to buy Air Jordans. They stand in line to buy what they believe in, what Air Jordan stands for. They stand in line because they want to be represented by the whole idea of it. Well, I personally stood for hours outside Nike store to buy my soccer studs Mercurial, a product of Nike but exclusively worn by Cristiano Ronaldo. I don't see it has soccer shoes. I bought it because of what the sport represent to me. I want to be part of the narrative with Nike is selling. Well, I am a Barcelona fan, but that's a different story for some other day. But yes, I bought it because of my pure love for the game and most people buy Nike for the very same reason. Nike tells the story of an outcast, of an hard-working, inspiring person, and everyone relates to that. There is no person in the world who wants to be a loser. Everyone thinks they are capable of something great. People resonate with outliers. People resonate with empathy. All Nike commercial is divided into five parts. First, up early. Second, in the zone. Third, pain. Fourth, rededication and fifth, victory. Let me show you how. Every Nike commercial starts with an athlete waking up early in the morning, then getting in the zone, training hard, working hard, then suddenly hit the wall. Experience pain. Feels like a loser. Feels like they can't do it. Next morning, the sun rises. A new dawn, the person find inspiration, shows rededication, pushes himself to the limits, give everything to the dream, and finally, victory. Sounds familiar, right? I bet you will be watching a Nike commercial after this episode. Yes, it's marketing. Yes, it's science. I know you feel cheated. Nike realized very early on that in order to sell shoes, they can't just sell shoes they know they can't just point at a sneaker and ask people to buy it because people don't buy products people buy ideas people buy what they believe in so they gave them what they believed in irrespective of their age color profession and abilities they made shoes which were more than just shoes they sold belief and they still do they don't market their product to mass consumers they market their product to early adopters a small group of people who believe in their product truly these early adopters do the rest of the marketing for them and pass the idea this was laid down by mure and is known as mure's curve which says that don't sell your product to everyone sell it to those who care and they will do the rest people don't buy what you do they buy why you do it Simon Sinek's golden circle of ideology. That's what Apple has been doing since years. Ever seen Apple sell their product or talk about specifications of their product in any of their commercials? This is what separates Apple from other brands and this is what separates Nike from Puma and Adidas. Puma and Adidas sells product. Microsoft sells a product while Nike and Apple sell an idea. If a company like let's say Microsoft <laughs> comes up with a restaurant you don't know what it will be like if Apple or Nike comes up with a restaurant you might be having comparatively less second thoughts of how it will be 
what it will feel like ask yourself why because they sell an idea you know what they stand for sorry to say but it's pure behavioral economics understanding the brain of the consumer understanding what your company stands for which is much more important than what a company sells or make so this was a story or i would say care cut about nike so next time you add a nike shoes to your shopping cart don't let your emotions take hold your rationality but you will still buy the product well i still do here's me your host and storyteller signing off do send your questions at carecutcontact@gmail.com or simply ping me on instagram stay safe stay home and keep tuning